Welcome back to this episode of The Psychic Jam. Today, we're discussing fear of persecution as a light worker. You are listening to The Psychic Jam, a podcast that inspires holisticpreneurs like you to gain confidence, to learn, and to listen to your inner voice. Tune in as featured experts of the Psychic Associates discuss heavy and taboo topics, breaking down all the barriers of the realities of working in this industry. Welcome back. I'm Liz Throp, and today I'm joined with Amber Price and Miss Jay Lane. And today we are going to get into a topic that is close to the heart of every light worker out there. I know it. And that is where we have this grand fear of persecution because of the work that we do. And we really wanted to get into discussing how we've dealt with the challenges that it it imposed upon us, where others will have come into our life. And, you know, it may be a family member, it may be a friend, it could be a perfect stranger that has finger pointed at you for being a light worker where their belief systems have a a complete fear of what it is we do. They think we're working either with the devil or darkness or um, anything that is not of light. And we all know that that's exactly what we do. We work in light. We work to support and help the human race. Um, I am confident that you know, every light worker out there that is doing this extremely difficult job, I'm going to add, uh, and I'm sure my colleagues will agree with me, it's not an easy job to do, where we are supporting humans across the board from every, you know, walk of life to to help them reach their highest good. And, and that's really what a light worker is. So yes, we are foreseeing future. We are talking to loved ones on the other side. But there are people out there who believe that that is in some way um, an evil act or that you are, are dancing with the devil. And so what we're here to talk about is how their persecution of us has kept us small and how it, you know, may have triggered us to, you know, maybe not be as shiny as we we need to be, right, as as light workers. So one of the things that um, I want to kind of share out, out the gate around this topic is one of the things that I discovered when when I was first persecuted by my very first persecutor, which was a religious person at a psychic fair, um, I literally got attacked, not physically, but mentally and verbally attacked by this person, yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs, I have to say, ladies, at the top of their lungs, that I was doing the devil's work, and that I was going to go to hell. And I was so shocked by (laughs) this moment. I literally my jaw must have hit the ground. and I didn't know what to say. I was just like, what is happening right now? Now, I'm not, you know, I'm sure I'm not the first psychic medium to to um, engage in this conversation. But I did have fears myself when I first started out in this industry, that I may conjure up something that wasn't good. So I was a very um, nervous in the beginning of of launching my my work in this field, because I was worried that that maybe by doing this work, I could attract something scary. I had a lot of fears around this work. 
And it wasn't until I, I really delved into it and became comfortable in my own skin as a psychic medium that I recognized that, you know, you're not conjuring anything. You're actually the work that you're doing and the connections that you're making only serve to lighten you and lighten you and, and help you broaden your horizons. So having somebody come up to me and tell me that I'm going to hell for the work that I'm doing uh, terrified me. It terrified me and then it made me angry. And um, what it served was it, it served to, to slow me down. I, I got small. I, I didn't want to talk about my work. I didn't want to share my wisdom. I avoided, like I tried to avoid doing readings. I mean, I remember just thinking, gosh, if this one person thinks that, so many other people must think that. And they probably think I'm a fraud and they probably, and you, you go down this dark rabbit hole of fear. Now, uh, anybody listening to this, who's thinking that that is going to, you know, and they are on the dark side and they want to impose their will on others and they want to try and scare psychic mediums out there. I just need you to know that we do bounce back and we bounce back way stronger. As you can see, the three of us are all here and we're very strong as a result of the bumps in the road that we've had along the way. But for those of you who are lightworkers along the journey right now and have maybe had a finger pointer um, telling you that what you're doing is evil or, um, you know, working in the dark or, or whatever, you name it, um, conjuring the devil. If, if you are experiencing that right now, now more than ever, you need to understand your psychic warning system. And I'm just going to kind of quickly go over that. Basically, it's that pit in your stomach when you know something's not right, but you try to persuade yourself of something else. So we live in that fear um, energy. And so Pay attention to the signals that your body sends you, such as sudden tension in your stomach, tingling on your skin, or an, an apparent, you know, inexplicable agitation that you're feeling. These are your warning systems to sit up and, and really pay attention in the moment. It's a teachable moment when somebody comes after you. It's just, a, it, it is what it is. It's a teachable moment. And you will experience these psychic warning systems when when you are, you know, targeted by somebody who's, you know, trying to diminish your light. Don't let that happen. You, you have to now more than ever get out and speak your truth and share your wisdom with the world. That is what they're trying to stop. And, and you need to be stronger in, in doing so. So, um, Jay, do you want to share your thoughts on this? Oh, my goodness. You know, Liz, I could so relate to that. I was kind of lucky in a way because I grew up with a psychic mother. And so this fear of persecution, I thought it was pretty tough. You know, at first I didn't want to do anything. And then finally, when I embraced what it was that who I was, I should say, um, you know, I, I thought I was indestructible. And so I thought that I was armed and dangerous with my great big shield and that nobody could hurt me until one day I went to an optometrist office and I was sitting at the optometrist and then all of a sudden someone just turned around and said, oh my God, you're that woman. And I looked around and there was nobody else there but me. So I thought, okay, I'm a woman. Like, so, and I said, I'm sorry. 
And he says, you're that woman that rips people off and takes advantage of those who have no money. And I'm there. I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're talking about. He goes, you know what I'm talking about. He goes, you're a charlatan and a con. And he goes, you take advantage of people. And so the receptionist got up and said, Jay, it's, it, you know, please, the doctor's ready to see you. And she put me into a room and she apologized. But I was afraid to go out of that office once I was done my meeting because uh, my appointment, because I thought he was going to be waiting in the parking lot for me or, you know, keep on yelling at me. And so I thought, okay, well, that's not a big deal. That's one person. But I tell you, it did affect me. And the reason I say that is because I started wearing baseball hats everywhere I went, or I started wearing, you know, sunglasses so that people wouldn't recognize me. And people say, are you Jay? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm really busy. I have to go. And I would avoid talking to people because I thought right away I had a target on my back and I was the charlatan and the con, you know? And so it does have an effect on us. And it's not the first time it's happened, but I've grown from it. And the reason I've grown from it is because I know who I am. I know that I'm here to make a difference with people. But the thing is, it is it is kind of a head job. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, does, it does affect us. Um, you know, and, and my mother really never cared about that. And I really looked up to her because she had nerves of steel. And I guess she didn't really care what people thought of her. And, you know, I thought I had adopted that what people think of me is none of my business. And I do feel like that now, but I'm telling you, you have to grow into it. You have to really say to yourself, you know, if that person wasn't around, would everything be okay? And it would be. It's not everybody that's going to feel like that. So now if I'm persecuted in public, I just usually tell people, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I have no shame about what I do and have a beautiful day. And really, because you can't convince anybody, I've learned that. I'm not going to sit there and try to justify who I am and what I do. But the thing is, you know, you just have to Try to understand that people have the right to their feelings and that's all good. But then you also have the right to your own. And so for me, it was really important that I just kind of stick to that. I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to be who I was going to be. And there was nothing that was going to change that. But the thing is, it still pinches a bit. So even though somebody will say something, you know, I'm more prepared now. I'm very confident, but it's still, I mean, we have egos, right? We have egos. So it's going to pinch us a little bit. And then we have to dust ourselves off and just a little self-talk and just say, what am I doing? Why am I here? I'm here to serve people. This is a calling for me. So the thing is, it's not just a job where I make money, because trust me, I do a lot more than what my job description says. And I don't get paid for a lot of the things that I do do out of the goodness of my heart. But at the end of the day, I don't care about that. What I care about is, is that I'm going to preserve myself in a way that I'm just going to self-talk and just say, you know what, this is okay. They have a right to their feelings. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. And it's good to talk to other people about it as well. A lot of people hang on to these emotions. You know, if you have a psychic friend or a very good friend, it's always good to say, oh, my goodness, I went through this, you know, today, and this is what happened to me. And I wouldn't publicly announce it, but I would talk to somebody that I care, um, that cares about me and that I care about, because the thing is, they will soon put you back up on that pedestal and make you feel good. But we do need to share our feelings with others. Don't keep that bottled in if you're going through something like that. 
Because the thing is, we can be our worst enemies and we could start to self-talk. And then next thing you know, uh, we're talking our way out of what we love to do the most. And for me, that's that's um, that's not going to happen in my life. I'm going to do this until the day I die. <laughs> so there you go. But Liz, you know, you made so many good points. And I know that Amber has some excellent points to talk about because Amber, uh, we've all talked about this, right, Amber? Absolutely. I think the fear of persecution is something that most, if not all people that are connected to their abilities, you know, whether they want to call themselves a light worker or a mom or a psychic or a massage therapist or a social worker or a doctor or a lawyer, all of us are able to tap in to that intuitive ability to use our, if you want to call it the sixth sense, something that just guides you. As a medical professional, you have to listen to what your patient is telling you, and you have to see what they're not telling you. You have to observe what's happening with them. What are they presenting? What are they saying? What am I visually looking at here? And I'm going to use my knowledge and experience and education to come up with a plan but I'm going to use my instincts to say, you know what, I feel or I have a hunch or I'm thinking this or I'm going to go down this whole rabbit hole here and go with it. So it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to be able to access that inner knowing wherever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. I have a gut feeling. I just know. I can feel it. I sense it. I, you know, I, 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 I just feel urged or nudged or something. You can call it whatever you want. But when we, as light workers, for the sake of just today's podcast, people that work with energy, psychics, mediums, channelers, um, holistic healers, you know, whatever. We have somewhat of a wound that can be activated very easily. And it is a wound that is aligned with the fear of persecution. So it's like a persecution wound, right? And this comes from generations and generations and generations of people that from back in the day when, you know, you go to Salem and you got the witch trials and the hangings and the stone castings and throwing of the fruit. You got all these things that are happening, not even just in Salem, worldwide, where you've got people that were persecuted for being different, for practicing what they would believe would be witchcraft, because our human brain is fascinating. Our human brain does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to rationalize our risk and assess what level of risk it is and then keep ourselves safe by telling us how to get to the next space. If our brain cannot wrap itself around something, it's going to go automatically into you move different, you act different, you sound different, you smell different, you taste different, you're different. There's no explanation for it. I don't understand it. So therefore you're a threat, you're different, you're wrong. And now I have to fear you. My my risk assessment is that this is not good and I don't feel good. And now their, their fear kicks in. 
So when that happens, then they start to want to persecute you because you're different. It's no different. The people that want to persecute others for being themselves is no different than the kid on the playground saying, that kid has cooties, everybody run away from them. Because that's what you're doing. You're saying you're trying to rally everybody up to believe in your fear, to justify your fear, to justify your unknowing, to rally up enough people to say, I'm going to persecute you for being different than me or different than what I believe to be. Instead of a great vast amount of people who say, I don't understand this, but I want to learn more because I'm curious. Because I'm going to tell you, the people that persecute are taking up just a very small population of the planet. It is not significant. It is not. The people that want to learn, the people that use their brain and their risk assessment to say, I need to learn more about this. The researchers, the developers, the engineers, the creators, the planners, the people that take nothing and turn it into something, they make up a huge amount of the population on planet Earth. And they want us to be more aware of what we can learn and how we can grow and how we can fit together. And at the very least, take that knowledge and say, I'm making an informed decision to say, you believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe, but I don't have, a, like I'm indifferent, I'm neutral with it. And then there's other people that are so strong in their their belief system because they're actively doing it. They're activating their, their abilities, their intuition, their psychic, their medium, their healer abilities that you can't believe anything different because you're doing it you're you're doing it you're feeling it you're knowing it you're seeing it you're living it and when you got that group of people who are out there and they're doing the work and they're you know you know jay you said out there you know being of service doing the thing to to help others and then liz you mentioned about belief systems so when you've got a group of people who want to go out there and serve others with this gift this ability whatever you want to call it and then you have belief systems added into that and you have generations behind you that have said these things are bad these things are witchy these things are you know sadistic or whatever you want to say I keep saying whatever you want to call it because there's so many different ways to say it, right? I'm not going to be able to include every different slang way of saying something. So however you acknowledge it to be in in your experience. So the generational trauma, I'm going to call it that, that has come specifically from, say, one generation to the next of people who were persecuted will give that to the next generation because they'll say, be careful of this. Watch for that. Don't show up as yourself. Keep it quiet. Don't let anybody know. Definitely don't show up and announce it to people. Make sure your guard is up. So the fear and the wound is being handed down generation after generation to people until there's a generation where someone says, Nope, I'm not having it that way. I'm not living in fear. I am not hiding who I am. I'm not playing in the shadows. I'm not playing in the dark to make someone else feel comfortable. I'm not going to live my life in discomfort and denial for your comfort. So that would be, you know, us three sitting here saying, nope, we're not doing that anymore. So when we look at generational wounds and traumas, we look at, say, the three of us stopping that that fear of persecution, that persecution wound from moving forward to our next generations. So all of us have children and all of us have grandchildren. 
So if we're able to like acknowledge who we are, because the only way you're going to get around this fear of persecution is by knowing who you are so deeply and meaningfully that you trust in your journey, you trust in your purpose, you trust in your mission here to do the work, to show up, to be who you are. Jay, you said it, I know who I am, so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And that's the only way to come out of it is to know who you are and do what you're going to do, despite anybody else's comfort level. And so when we're doing this work and we're identifying it and you, you know, you both shared examples of being persecuted publicly. And when that happens, now you're working towards healing that wound for your children and for their children and their children's children. So it's a huge deal, just even generationally and how you can do that. I also want to mention that in my work with the universe and connecting to souls and guides and teachers, send to teachers, masters, whatever, um, I have learned from them that when we hear you know, say myself is doing the work and learning about myself and healing the wounds and stopping the generational traumas from from going on. I'm not only preventing the next generations from experiencing it, I'm healing the previous generations from it as well. Because what I'm doing in my life, my generations that have passed my soul, my spirits, my loved ones in in heaven, they are watching and learning and growing and healing from me and the things that I'm doing and I'm learning and I'm healing from. So it is a really, really, oh my God, blessing and responsibility and magical thing to be able to, to look at the fear of persecution, decide you are so okay with who you are, that you are good with what you're doing and that's all that matters. And then to allow the next generations to come up and be even stronger, even more sensitive and even more intuitive and even more healing in there. Because as the generations come up, we get more sensitive. And especially when we remove the fears of persecution and we have no shame and no guilt and no worries and no traumas, we're gonna get continuously stronger because one of the things that I was thinking about when we were talking about this was when we are in that wound or in that fear, the cycle of, I'm, and Liz, you did say something along the lines of this, and I think I might just be reiterating it, but you do not show up in your truest form. So you're not actually truly living out your life's purpose and you're not doing what the world needs you to do as a piece of the puzzle in the grand scheme of things. So if you're supposed to be here to help raise the energetic vibration, to provide healing, to provide comfort and validation or whatever your your purpose is, if you're not doing that fully, then a piece of the puzzle is missing and every other part in this cog is not working properly. So it really is dependent on you to show up for you and to do you in the way you're supposed to be so that everyone else is able to operate around you in the way that they're supposed to be playing it out. They're supposed to be living out their purpose and their um, their journey. So if you're supposed to connect with somebody and give them a message from their loved one on the other side, and you downplay that or you filter messages or you don't say exactly what they're saying because it's going to sound crazy. What What's the point? What do, have you just done? What value have you given that person if you're not showing up in the way you're supposed to? Because they're going to leave being like, I don't know what's going 
on here? I don't know. I think yes or no, or maybe or whatever. But the, but the piece of information you might have been trying to give them was supposed to be integral into what they were supposed to leave you with and do next for the next person, the next mission, the next community. So this fear of persecution really has to go away. We have to stop living in shame and fear and carrying on generational belief systems that are uninformed. And ultimately, anybody who is persecuting others is also out of alignment with what's going on. So if we're supposed to be in loving, accepting, unconditional love, then we look at others and say, I'm happy for you that you're doing what you want to do and in no way, shape or form do I need to continue to be connected to you because it doesn't resonate with me. That's it. End of day. Go away. Like it doesn't matter what we are all doing. We just have to live in harmony and balance. And that is why we have communities. Communities are groups of people that are like minded, that share the same visions and missions. And in the world, although we're all human, there are different cultures, there's different communities, and there's different connectivity, like connectedness amongst people. And that's the reason. And all of that works. All of that's supposed to keep this world spinning and all of the things turning. So if we do not keep this energy alive, you are keeping the fear of persecution alive if you continue to keep it moving around in your energetic body, if you keep it in your belief, if you keep it in your mindset. So in order to do your part, not only are you showing up and doing this stuff and living your life and being you, but release and let go and heal and learn from what you've received from it and then move on because the only person that can keep this fear or wound or belief system alive is you by keeping it activated. So take it, leave it, and live. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Love it. So, so true, Amber. It, it, it is that, that line, the only person that can control this is you. A hundred percent right. And I, you know, I want to throw in a little caveat here because I, I mentioned how it was a religious person that attacked me. I need to put it out there that I've had more religious people show up with love and acceptance of what I do than I have of those negative Nellies out there. Um, But, you know, like this is, um, I just wanted to make sure I shared that. And, you know, I also wanted to kind of share just while we're wrapping things up here, when we are in this, you know, um, feeling persecuted mode, or, you know, it can be very damaging to the psyche and we could feel like we want to give up sometimes, right? Like hands up for whoever wanted to give a, up this job because we felt down about it. Um, like our work wasn't being accepted or appreciated. One of the things that your spirit team is going to do consistently, and I know you all will attest to this, is they will show up every single time you're feeling down. They will send, uh, they will send earth angels. Like I get the most beautiful messages or phone calls from my clients telling me how the work that I did with them changed their life. Right when I'm feeling at my down, my, my lowest peaking moment that I could be, I'm like, I think I'm going to hand this in. And then I get these kind of messages and it's like, I giggle. I'm like, you guys are so cute. (laughs) you guys are just loving me. And I love that you do that for me. Thank you so much. I always appreciate the, um, 
the little sentiments that spirit sends us and it's through the work that we do. And, and so with that being said, uh, I'm going to reiterate what Amber kind of alluded to is don't give fear any more of your energy. Don't do it. It doesn't deserve your energy, time, or anything for that matter. Fear, unless you're being chased by a bear, let it go. That's it. And so on that note, uh, we're going to love you and leave you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a a great day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Psychic Jam. Please share if you liked our podcast. For more information on our services, or if you'd like to be listed on our directory, please visit thepsychicassociates.com.